is going on, everybody? Welcome to episode number 15 of the Culture Shock Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Tyler Grant. Sitting across the table from me is... Cody Yeager. What's up? <laughs> What's going on? Man, we just got done watching the United States go to the finals for three years and for three World Cups in a row. I thought it was four. It's at least three. I think it's four. It Maybe four, man. Couldn't come in at a better time. Yeah. Right before the 4th of July. So I'm, I'm pumped about it. Yeah, it's going to be awesome. Um, so... Fourth of July is coming up. Mm-hmm. We got two episodes recorded before the fourth because we're doing a pretty back to back with our Seattle episode. What are you doing for the Fourth of July? <laughs> I don't think we're doing much of anything. We may try and go. Uh, I don't know. Go find a body of water. And that sounds so much fun. Swim in it, like do like brother. Go jump into one outside body of water a day. I'd have to get a kiddie pool for that. <laughs> oh, we should do it. Hey, there's a kiddie pool outside my house. We have like a runoff lake. Also, speaking of my house, do you care to go look at Cooper one day and make sure he hasn't died? No. Elizabeth told me to ask you, so I thought this would be the best time to ask you. He'll be okay. He's a dog. His natural instincts will kick in. Dude, yesterday, I, I put him in his chain link fence, right? Yeah. This dog, he's, he's a genius, but he's an idiot. He has <laughs> made a hole, probably a foot in diameter, in the chain link fence. Yeah. I don't like. It's amazing how he does it. And he slips through it. He can get his head through it, so, so he, he can get it back out too. We, we don't have a collar on him out there, just in case he gets stuck. But I went out there to check on him, and there's just golden retriever fur all around the outside of this fence from where he's been being an idiot. It's like a goat. You ever have a goat and it, it tries to go through the fence and it gets stuck because it has horns? I've never had a goat. Well, you just you wouldn't understand. I wouldn't understand. <laughs> it's really annoying, though. Um. Okay, Cody. Yeah. I have a question for you. Thanks, Will, for this. Brought to, brought to you by one of our student ministry interns, <laughs> Will Merrill. Shout out to this one. Okay. He, he brings me some weird questions every day. Yeah, he But this does. was a pretty good one. Okay. If you were at a gas station and you had to buy one drink, what color would it be? What color would the drink be? What color be? would the drink be? I think there is a right answer to this question. A long pause. We're still here, guys. I don't know. <laughs> what color would you buy? I, this makes no sense to me. Well, give, just give a color. I'd say a Red Bull, so whatever color that is. Okay, blue. Because What's the most trustworthy color of a drink you want to buy? Blue. Gatorade, red is going to be a little iffy. No, it you, isn't. This home's going to be good. But what's going to be the best color? I disagree with that inherently. Blue. No. You think red would be the best? I guess. If I'm picking Gatorade, I'm always picking red over blue. Will, I pick orange over blue. Really? Yeah. I think that's blue. a hot take. Blue's nasty. There's all kinds of different blue on there, though. Yeah, exactly, because they're all stupid. But they're all the best. Cool blue, frost. Nah. I th- it's, whenever he first he said, what color drink is most trustworthy? And I was like, what does that mean? So I said clear, because I thought he was talking about, like, drugging a drink or something. I was like, where are you going with this, Will? He, yeah. <laughs> But blue is the right answer. No, it isn't. It is. No, I don't know what I would. I'm thinking of like, okay, would I get a Coke? Would I get a Sprite? Would I get, I get a Red Bull? Though. Blue. And while we were, we went to the store today, and Will bought bought a Blue Mountain Dew. Ooh. I think just to prove his point, he would. But I would still say blue is the most trustworthy drink color. Eh, whatever. Uh, yeah. Before we get into our big topic of the day, we want to kind of plug our socials a little bit because we've been a little hot on Instagram recently. We've been having some fun. Yeah. I'm asking some questions that we're going to get into later. But if you want to go follow us, give us a follow over at Culture Shock Podcast on the Instagram. Um, and you can give us an email at theCultureShockPod. At gmail.com. At gmail.com if you want to hit us up on that. But Instagram is where you can find us most effectively, so hit us up on that. Um, and if you like what you're going to be hearing or what you have heard for the first three minutes, go give us a review or a rating or just subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts. Let us oh, know that you're here. And last week we were supposed to read we our did not one read our, review that we have. Should we go ahead and do it now? Actually, we should because otherwise we, we will, will forget. forget about it. I think we should read our review. I'm so pulling it up right now. Make sure you leave us a review so that you can... Get shouted out yeah. on the podcast. So I've got it right here. This is five stars. Five wow. Star. Yeah. Wow. It says, Tyler and Cody delve into all things pop culture. Listening to these two best friends discuss everything from video games to movies to television to books makes for an enjoyable pastime each week. They have great chemistry that can only come from a lifelong friendship. Oh, that's, Man, that's so, so sweet. good. Who left that? Elizabeth uh, M. Grant. I don't know who that is. Who's but Elizabeth wow. M. Grant? That's, that's awesome. This was not a paid review, though. Uh, 
No, it wasn't. It wasn't. It was just we didn't coax her into that at all. I I have bought her a house and a car and everything else, so it kind you of you bought it for yourself too. It's true. I do. I use that. Um, <laughs> but today we're going to be diving into I think a hot cultural topic right now. Important. A very important. Important. Topic. Yeah. Um, on par with uh, the comparison of Seattle and the South, I think. Maybe more important. I think it is more important. I, I would honestly say it is. But we're going to try to answer one question today, Cody. One question. Is Spider-Man the greatest superhero of all time? Yes. Thank you guys for listening. We'll <laughs> catch you next time. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're going to be spending some time really diving into this question to see if Spider-Man is the greatest superhero of all time. We have a lot of things that we're going to dive into, yeah. um, but we're not going strongest superhero of all time or most powerful superhero of all time. Greatest. Greatest. Best superhero of all time. We don't really have any qualifications for what that means exactly. Yes. But is I, he the greatest? Just kind of all around her, right? Yes. I, I, I think kind of a favorite as well is kind of what we're getting at with this. Yeah. Um, but I do want to share with, so we did share this on our Instagram earlier on our, our Culture Shark podcast. I said, is Spider-Man the greatest superhero of all time? 59% said yes. Whoa. That's a pretty good percentage of people saying that, yes, Spider-Man is the greatest superhero of all time. We won't get into polling data and how that's an incorrect question, but I agree with them. I, I think I will, too, but that's not our, our final answer will come up at the end. We gotta, it's, a, it's a directed we got to talk question, through it just but a yeah. little bit to make sure. Yeah. So you got to start somewhere, though. Mm-hmm. Cody, give us a little bit about Spider-Man's origins, how we started. Who is Spider-Man? Who is Spider-Man? That's a... Relatively easy question because in recent history, there have been a couple of origin movies, and you know, everybody kind of knows the basic origin. I think everybody knows the origins of Spider Man. Yeah, everybody knows he lives with his aunt and uncle because his parents died when he was a kid, and then his uncle dies, and that kind of spurs him on to, you know, greatness, uh, blah, blah, blah. But the character itself, um, created by Stan Lee, of course, Mm. during the 60s, uh, 1962, 63, I think. Yes. Um, he was introduced in Amazing Fantasy number fifteen. Great read. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't think I've ever. Have read you really it. never? Read oh wait, Amazing no, Fantasy I have 15? read it. Yeah. yeah, of course I have. Yeah. Anyway, uh, he was introduced in Amazing Fantasy number fifteen, and I think I read that the 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 publishers or whatever were checking, and that was like one of the highest sold ones that they had had for like a year or two was the Spider Man one. So yeah. then Stanley got greenlighted to kind of do a full run of comics for him. Um, Amazing Spider-Man came out in 1963. Yes. And uh, since then, it is the most popular comic book of all time. Man, and it's been going for a long time. Yeah, Amazing Spider-Man had a run of 600 issues. Okay, just the um, first issue of Amazing Spider-Man. Like, technically, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, so through 2005, four, something like that, I think is when Amazing Spider-Man ended in six, uh, issue 600, and then they redid it. What are you looking at? Okay, so I'm on eBay. Oh, no. <laughs> I'm looking at, you know, Amazing uh, Fantasy number 15 issues, yeah. right? Yeah. Okay, this one goes for $18,300. This other one just goes for 10000 And are you ready for this next one? It is a 9.2 rating, so it's very well in, well in fact. Mm-hmm. $531,000. If that were signed by Stan Lee and Steve Ditko, like, yeah, oh my it'd gosh. be worth every penny. With $15 shipping. <laughs> So yeah, Amazing Amazing Fantasy fifteen started off the the greatest superhero of all time in my opinion, which I don't want to spoil our answer, but that's our answer. I think we're going to say yes. <laughs> um, but Cody, talk through your experiences with the comics and Spider Man just a little bit. Um, okay, so th- we'll get into more of kind of the movie side of things. But growing up, like you always hear Spider Man. I remember first thing growing up, like we would watch. You have your Saturday morning comics, and we had Power Rangers, and you had Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, mm-hmm. you know, stupid stuff like that. But also, you had the Amazing Spider-Man. Mm. There was the '90s version where it was like a weird, like almost 3D, almost animated type yeah. thing. Remember yes, that one I was do. good. Yeah. Um, but then you also had the original Spider-Man that came out in the '70s. We were just does talking whatever about this. a spider can. Does whatever. Um, so that's where I remember I was first introduced into Spider-Man. Uh, you know, you watch the Tobey Maguire movies, watch the. Uh, Andrew Garfield. Andrew Garfield movies. And then after that, we were in college, and we started reading the comics. Yeah, which is I so... I will f- not say where we got all of these downloaded comics from. But they were on our computer. But they were on our computer. Yes. And uh, I read something like 150 of that first of Amazing Spider-Man. So you read 121. 
where Gwen dies. Yeah, I at least wanted to make it at that point and then see like what happened. Until yeah, then. for sure. And if you have that much free time on your hands, it's worth it. Um, it, it really <laughs> is. Like some of them are not as good. Some of them are really good. Mm-hmm. Like really genuinely good. It's a little bit harder if you've read modern comics to go back and read older comics. That's true. They're not as clean. They're not as pretty. I mean, even the text is, it's just not as, I don't know. It's harder to read. It really is. Yeah. But if you start off with these old school comics and then move to modern, I think that's a good transition. Because mm-hmm. I started off with these. My, my first comic I ever read, I think it was Amazing Fantasy 15. I think I downloaded it. Then I went through and read the original Amazing Spider-Man. And it started when we were on a road trip to Utah. Mm-hmm. So you were driving, we were driving through the middle of nowhere, Utah, and I remember reading issue number one, which was the Vulture in it or the Tinker? Vulture. Vulture, okay. Yeah, I, Vulture was like issue one, Tinker was like ep- I think number two. I just remember reading through these while we were driving through mm-hmm. Utah. Um, but they're, they're revolutionary for storytelling and for just characters and for superheroes and just a very relatable superhero, nerdy guy, Peter Parker. Yeah who a lot of people can really relate with. And I think that's what makes him so appealing to the masses. Yeah, and another thing about kind of the history of it, when Stanley was creating Spider-Man, he kind of always had like a challenge that he would do in creating characters. Like Iron Man supposedly was a character that everyone should hate, but they yes. love. Yeah, yeah. And then Spider-Man, he, he said that, you know, most of the characters that he had, except for maybe X-Men, but I think they were later, were adults. Yeah. And then he wanted something for teens. Yes. Um, which is just a, you know, it makes perfect sense because a lot of teens were reading the comic books then. So, anyway, um, Spider Man is super relatable as a character. He was made that way when Stanley created him because he had these problems. Like, he would be, you know, taking on the vulture, but at the same time, continually be late to school yes. and, like, want, you know, um, Gwen Stacy to notice him, like him, whatever, and had problems with Flash. But, at the same time, he had some crazy abilities, was trying to figure out how to use them, family problems. It was just a, yeah, he's a perfect, perfect um, And what's always character. been so interesting about Spider-Man is he's always concealed his identity. For as, yeah. as far as you always, so many superheroes don't do it. I mean, you see with Tony Stark in the first Iron Man movie, very end of the movie, I am Iron Man. Like, and the rest of the superheroes, they are just who they are. Mm-hmm. But Spider-Man has always concealed his identity because he doesn't want any of the credit. He does it just because he wants to be a friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. Yeah. Enneagram, too, wants to be a helper. That's what he is. Yeah, he wants to be a helper, and he's also a little neurotic, too. Like, he's always kind of looking over his shoulder, mm-hmm. trying to think of what, you know, the worst-case scenario, trying to look out for Aunt May and yes. MJ and everything. So yeah. that, that's just who he is. Which, in Far From Home, comes out tonight. It's, it's already out. We really want to see it, so hopefully we'll see it sometime this week. Mm-hmm. But from the trailers, it looks like Aunt May knows. Yeah, it does. Because she she throws that some kind of fruit at him in the trailer and says you can dodge a bullet but you can't dodge a f- dinner or something. I don't know if you've seen that part. Yeah, of the yeah, I saw it. But it's like she she's picked it up. She knows that he is Spider Man. Which who does he always want to keep the identity away from? Most importantly, Aunt, Aunt May. May. But in the comic book, it's kind of funny because he wants to keep it from her because he's he's so worried that she's gonna have a heart attack. <laughs> like it's not funny. But because she's so old. Because she's so old it's in the so comics. It's interesting. Yeah, so it's very different with Marissa Tomei yes. playing yes. Aunt May as a, as a very much younger Aunt May. I also love the Aunt May from Spider-Verse, which we'll get into this in just a little bit when we talk about Yeah, the we're movies. getting ahead of ourselves. Yeah, um, but whenever <laughs> Aunt May is like, she's kind of like Spider-Man's like uh, Alfred. Yes. Which yeah. It's such an interesting take on Aunt May in that because yeah. you don't really see that part of her. Um, but any any other thoughts just with the beginning of Spider-Man and just his origins and how it relates to us? Anything else? I mean, no, the, the character itself, everybody pretty much knows pretty well. You have the nerdy kid, right, who has all the problems. But it was just crazy how popular Spider-Man the comic was yes. in the 60s and how, like, he stayed number one for a very long time. Mm-hmm. And even through the 80s and 90s, things got kind of weird for comics and yeah. stuff like that. But he was always, they found ways to, you know, reintroduce the character and everything. And he's stayed number one. On one thing that I think is incredibly interesting about the Spider-Man comics is how weird they've gotten. Because that's where Into the Spider-Verse has birthed out of, is just the amount of multiverses and the amount of Spider-Men that are present within the comic book universe. Because you start off in the 60s and it's just Peter Parker, right? You follow his storyline. And then you start getting the spectacular Spider-Man and these all different Sp- Spider-Men and mm-hmm. all kinds of different Spider-Men. And the story can get incredibly convoluted if you want it to be. 
So for me, I've kind of kept it a little bit more simple with my approach of Spider-Man, Peter Parker, and maybe even Miles Morales. It's about as far as I'll go because it just gets, there's a lot to think about. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we're not going to, it's, this is not, <laughs> we're going to dive into every detail of the no, Spider-Man comics. Not. But I do want to point out Chameleon was in Spider-Man number one. Yeah. Ultra was in Spider-Man number two. That's right. That's right. I do remember that now. Amazing Spider-Man number two. So moving past the comics, we get to where most people know Spider-Man from. The movies. Naturally. Yes. Yeah. Um, for, before we start kind of ranking him really quick, who's mm-hmm. the best Spider-Man? Actor-wise. Actor-wise. Uh, whoever voiced Miles Morales. <laughs> <laughs> yes. That's my cop-out answer. Yes. <laughs> no, between Toby, Tom, and Andrew. Toby, Tom, and Andrew. Toby, Tom, and Andrew. Um, Tom. I'm sorry. I think he Tom is. Uh, yeah, he is. <laughs> Andrew Garfield's a close second for me, honestly. Uh, Yeah. They they all played their roles well. They're all really good actors. Even Tobey Maguire is, is a good actor. So what I've, on right. I've kind of heard people explain it this way, and I kind of agree with it. Tom is the best at doing both. Nerdy Peter Parker versus quippy Spider-Man. Andrew Garfield was kind of too cool for Peter Parker, honestly, but he was great at the quippiness of being Spider-Man. He's you too know, good looking for Peter Parker. He really was, le- legitimately. <laughs> like that's, but Tobey Maguire was a great nerdy Peter Parker. Like that's he was the great like kind of science, yes. sciencey type person Into and really part. critical thinking. Yes, and he he represented the problems of Spider Man well because Spider Man yes. two behind Spider Verse is probably the best Spider Man movie. Yeah, a lot of people would say it's their probably their favorites. And it really did define though what you thought about Peter Parker. He was somebody who was juggling at all times and all of these problems. Toby actually did that pretty well. Yeah, he did. But him as Spider Man wasn't as good. Definitely not as Andrew. Not as Tom. Which is hard to say because it's literally just CGI or a guy behind a mask voicing. I know. You know, but I get what you're saying still. I think Andrew Garfield just did it so well. He, like, he was, Tom Holland's doing it perfectly too. But Andrew Garfield was hilarious as Spider-Man. Yeah, and they had a lot of in-suit moments with him too, which was, I think, really helped because Andrew Garfield is a fantastic actor. Yes, he is. On the whole. And like he was able to do these mannerisms and stumble a little bit, but mm-hmm. then pull it all together. Take off, like just moments where he was in the mask not doing crazy stuff, yes. that kind of helped define it. Yes. They didn't have as much doing that with Toby or Tom yes. uh, just yet. Yeah. Okay, so if you had to go through and rank the Spider-Man movies, what would your what would the worst be? Okay, yeah, well, let's go worst. Spider-Man 3, let's just get it out of the way. Spider-Man 3, yes. Which, I was thinking about this on the way up. Spider-Man 3, it was cringy, first off. Yes. But second off, the main knock on it was that there were too many villains. Yes. You think about that, and you think about, like, what we just finished with, like, Endgame and some of these other things where you have to know all these different characters going in, and there were only, what, three villains? Yeah. Which I know it yeah. was a weird way they set yeah. it up. It wasn't good, but I'm like, that was the main knock on it? It was just a cringy movie. I think the biggest knock for me of Spider-Man 3 is Venom. Yeah, they didn't do Venom very well. Having Topher Grace in there. Which is a weird, because he just came off that 70s show. Yeah. It was not a good pick. It, it was not a good pick for him. They just... They just did not do Venom justice. Did like, they? Was uh, Bryce Dallas Howard, was she playing Gwen Stacy? Yes, she was. I just remembered that. As a blonde. And then she's like redheaded she's in red-headed. Jurassic World. Yeah. Yeah. She, I remember watching it like within the past year. And I'm like, that's that's Bryce Dallas Howard. I, that just hit me. Yeah, it is. Because now I think about it. That's a weird casting pick. It is. And then they go through and kind of retcon Uncle Ben's death as well with yeah, the Sandman. People had a big problem with that. And then, who, so was, and then um, Harry as the, the new goblin goes crazy. And it, you had uh, oh, what's his face? I can't even think of his name now. Mm, the guy who played Harry, James Franco. James Franco. Yeah, that was a weird casting choice to begin with. Anyway, yeah, like so. Yeah. I don't think it's as bad as people make it out to be. It's, it can be enjoyable. It's really cringy. I'm not going to watch it again. <laughs> emo, emo Peter Parker is just weird. Yeah, if you skip that part, the movie is a thousand times better. Yes. There's a good movie somewhere in that movie. Yeah. Yeah. I, th- yeah. You could easily change it around, shoot some different stuff, and make a great movie off yeah. that. Okay. Behind Spider-Man 3, what would your second worst be? Ahead of Spider-Man 3. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, better than it. Amazing Spider-Man 1. Amazing Spider-Man 1? Really, yeah. Wow, okay. Okay, I have reasons for this, too. Um, Because right after Amazing Spider-Man 1, I'm going to put Amazing Spider-Man 2, then Spider-Man 1. Okay. Right? Mine would be Amazing Spider-Man. 
two, then one, then Spider, then Spider Man. So similar to yours, just switching Maze and Spider Man. Yeah, one and two. So we can still talk through it. Amazing Spider Man was just fun. Great entry into it. I thought. Yeah. But I thought Amazing Spider Man two, and this is gonna get some flack. Was was a better. Just like summer movie, I don't know. <laughs> I don't think it was a better movie, but I think it was more enjoyable. It was more enjoyable. It was more entertaining until the movie. you got to the end. It was a memorable movie for me. Yes. We talked about this. We saw this movie together. We did. Me, you, and Chad. We saw it. I was talking about this with you earlier. I went to Buff- we went to Buffalo Wild Wings before. Yeah. Drank too much water. Had to go pee four times during the movie. Yeah. So that's why I enjoyed it because I didn't really see it. <laughs> well, no. And then me and Chad would stay through the whole thing, and then at the end, spoiler alert: oh. Gwen dies. Yes. In like. The worst way possible, just like the comic, though. And it was it was truly heart wrenching. It was, and they just left it on like a, okay, she's dead. Yeah. Now what? Now what? You killed her dad. Now you killed her. Yeah. What did you think about um, Dane DeHaan's portrayal of the Green Goblin? Is better than <laughs> what's his face? Oh, James Franco. Yeah, I was thinking different goblins. Yeah, not worse. Than it was not better than William Defoe. Yeah, William Defoe was like sorry. But no, it was just weird still. And then they tried to throw in a little bit of Black Cat, but then not really. Yeah, that was a weird. And then they were trying to set up Sinister Six. but So there was just a lot. It got off the rails there at the end. They, they tried, tried to, to do, do too, too much. much with it. And yeah. then um, Jamie Foxx's Electro, very interesting character. I respect Jamie Foxx, but they didn't give that man what he needed. No. That's all I'm saying. I love whenever he gets electrocuted, his like teeth problem get fixed. Like He has that gap in his teeth as the janitor, and they come together. Yeah, they do like a close-up of that happening. Yeah, too. it's, it's like, like it's a very important piece of the storytelling weird. in this. So, yeah, I mean, that one falls flat in a lot of ways, but it's fun. It's entertaining, and I love Andrew Garfield and Emma Stone's chemistry on camera together. Yeah, and thinking back on it, I might would switch one and two. I don't know. I'm sticking with it. But Spider-Man 1, I think, has to go, we're counting Spider-Verse, uh, third. Because okay. of, like, what it was. Before that, I think the only superhero movies that were big besides 1978 Superman and some other Batmans were like uh, X-Men. Yeah. So then Spider-Man set kind of a precedent from there through when Marvel kicked things off in 08. Yes. Which really wasn't that long, but it felt like that a long time. Anyway, with with Spider-Man, it was really well done. Yes. Um, It hasn't aged perfectly. No. I mean, it was 2003, I think, was whenever it came out. I think it was 01. Was it really? No, it was 02, because I remember reading about it, and they had to... Um, 2002, yes. They had to CGI out the Twin Towers and all the shots. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember reading about that. But um, anyway, I thought it was really done, and we already talked about Willem Dafoe. That was, he was a great villain. I think he really was. Um, conflicted, like, great actor, of course, too. Uh, so anyway. Yeah. Spider-Man, and then Spider-Man 2 would be Spider-Man our number two. Spider-Man 2 is number two. Yes. And Into the Spider-Verse, number one. I mean, I I remember seeing Spider-Verse and just walking away with my mind completely blown. Yeah. It is a comic book in a movie. Legitimately, the best portrayal of a comic book come to life. Okay, post Um, what makes amazing? What makes Spider-Verse the best for you? Um, First off, that music is fantastic. It's but a great soundtrack. Uh, da, 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 da. Just the the aesthetic of it all, the fact they really tried to do something different, and it was like they acknowledged that there were different Spider-Men. Yes. And it was just really And they leaned well into that. Done. They know it's kind of convoluted, and they leaned into it and like making that funny. Yeah. Because each Spider-Man, when they came on screen, had this dark origin story behind them. Yeah. Do you remember that part? Of it? And I think it's just funny how they leaned into that. And um, whenever Peter Parker dies at the very beginning of it, at the hand of the Kingpin, I was shocked. I know you're like, what? Like, is what is happening? going on with this? So, like, Miles Morales really felt the need to pick up the mantle of Spider-Man in this moment after the passing of Peter Parker. Yeah, it was just perfect how they did it. And then you had the Gwen Spider, Spider Gwen. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, come in. That was really cool. I yeah. don't know. It was great. But Spider-Man Two, though, we yeah, kind of glossed over that. Yeah. But I honestly haven't seen Spider-Man Two in a very long time. Really? Yeah. It. It still does really well, like Doc Ock and just everything there. Mm-hmm. Um, once again, the casting's really weird. I don't think MJ, I don't remember her name now. Kirsten Dunst. Yeah, still don't think that's a good cast for MJ. She's Is Spider-Man like, 2 whenever he um, does the thing with the train? Yes. Whenever he has the webs on both sides. Yeah, and, then and they his kinda, mask comes off. And then they kind of they pick him up and they, they do this really dramatic, like carry yeah. him through the train and they all keep his identity silent. Mm-hmm. Really cool moment. So the director of all three of those. Sam Raimi. Before that, and even after, he 
does a lot of horror. Okay. And do you remember the Doc Ock scene where they're doing the stuff in the hospital? Yes. And I remember as a, not kid, but, you know, like early teenager, like, wow, that was that was actually pretty scary. Anyway, when I learned that, looking back at that trilogy, I was like, that makes a lot that of makes sense. makes more sense. Yeah. Um, two more movies we're going to add in there. Of course, Spider-Man Homecoming. We forgot about that. Oh, gosh, we did. Where does that land in the ranks? Oh. For me, it's easy for me because I don't remember a lot of Spider-Man 2. So I know Spider-Man 2 is up there, but I'm going to put Homecoming second. I'm putting Homecoming third. Behind Spider-Man 2. Yeah. Okay, in front of Spider-Man. I'd agree with that ranking. Spider-Man Homecoming was just it was refreshing, um, bringing Tom Holland into a full movie. And I love Michael Keaton as the vulture being a very down-to-earth, breaking bad type of villain. See, okay. The first time I watched Spider-Man Homecoming, I was not happy with it. Really? Yeah. Something about Michael Keaton, actually, as Vulture. There was something about him and Peter and their chemistry. It's just something about it didn't feel right. Okay. Um, it was just weird. I enjoyed him as Vulture, though. Uh, but I watched it again, and I thought maybe I just had a bad attitude that day. And they're clearly <laughs> setting up the Sinister Six with the post credit scene with him in prison. Um, yeah. So... Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll see if that comes into play a little bit more, maybe with Mysterio and Far From Home tonight. Yeah. Um, and then, have you seen Venom with Tom Hardy? No. Oh, you haven't? Okay. It's not a Spider-Man movie, but it's, you know, Venom in the same uh, But universe. I love Tom Hardy, so yeah. I'll just say it's number one. <laughs> <laughs> it really was surprisingly good. It wasn't you watched great. it? Yeah, I saw oh, it last okay. year. I enjoyed it. It was a good time in the movies. Um, I, I would I would watch it if it were on. It, it was Tom Hardy uh, had a really good, like, interconnection with Venom. Like, them having their conversations back and forth. It's like a buddy cop comedy kind of in a way. Really? Uh, it's really funny in that front. So, I mean, I'd recommend it, but it, I wish they would bring the universes together. I hate that they separated themselves fully with Sony. And anything Tom Hardy's in, though, man. man Tom Hardy Literally is anything. You know, he made a movie, and it, it wasn't just him, but somebody wrote a movie, cast him in it, where it's literally an hour and a half of him talking on the phone in the car, but obviously, like, stuff happens. Yeah. It's like fantastic. Mm. Watch he's, just, he's just golden. Um, so before we dive into a little bit more of Spider-Man versus other superheroes, what's been your favorite Spider-Man game, video game? Uh, well, I will say I have not played the new PS4 Amazing Spider-Man. Okay. But I think if I were to play it, that would probably win out. 100%, <laughs> yes. Because it looks fan-freaking-tastic. Yeah. Um, Spider-Man 2, though. Yeah. Like, I think it was PS2. And that was one of the first that I remember. I know it isn't the first, but one of the first, like, big title open world games. Yeah. And I remember thinking, because back then video games were much smaller, but I remember thinking, man, they made, like, Manhattan so big. Yeah. And you can, like, it takes you 10 minutes to swing across Manhattan Island. Like, wow, that's crazy. It was it was such a fun game. And I think... I've, I was watching some videos whenever the new Spider-Man game was coming out, and people were comparing it to their other Spider-Man games that have come out, and that was the one that kind of came in second. And people were like, man, this is revolutionary in video games. But if you've played the newest Spider-Man on PS4, dude, it's unreal. You played it? Yeah, I played it at, um, at my brother-in-law's house. I played probably about 10 hours into it, and it is, Dang. man, it is so beautiful. It's so fun to just swing through New York and um, – it's a little bit older, but Peter Parker, and he's working with Doc Hawk as a scientist. Yeah, because this was like the direct movie tie-in. Right? What do you mean? Oh, no, no, I'm sorry. I'm thinking Spider-Man 2, not yeah, Amazing I'm, Spider-Man. The new, the new one's just called Spider-Man. Yeah, yeah, that's not a movie tie-in. I was still Correct. Spider-Man, Spider-Man 2. 2 was a movie tie-in it was to the Spider-Man movie. 2. Yes. Yeah. Which a lot of those usually fall flat. Movie tie-in games, but that one did not. Uh, except that and Star Wars Episode 3, because mm, that game's one. fantastic. I did play The Amazing Spider-Man 2. Based video game? off the the movie, yeah, I played it when we were in college. It was it was decent. I mean, anything where I can swing around New York as Spider Man, jump off buildings. That's like, what that I really it. don't care. You always have to go to the Empire State <laughs> Building and just jump. You got to jump. I always have to do it. But God, that that says something though about Spider Man, like because I remember they made a Superman game when not Man of Steel, but when Superman Returns came out. Yes, and I had that game. And for like 0.2 seconds, when you are Superman and you literally can fly at the speed of sound mm. across Metropolis, you're like, wow. Yeah. But then it's like, this is nothing. Did you ever see the, um, 
What'd you just do? I saw it was my ring. <laughs> I was like, what are you doing over there? Um, did you ever see the Superman game from the N- Nintendo 64? No. <laughs> it's renowned as one of the worst games of all time. That's fantastic. All you do is just fly through rings. Like, there's no objectives. That, that sounds better than the Superman Returns game, Yes, to be honest. But anyway, the comparison between that and being Spider-Man, where you do have to obey the laws of gravity, and you do get hurt, and you do fall, and you got to swing, and you got to think. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It, it's just, once again, character of Spider-Man versus yes. other superheroes. The best. Peter, oh, Peter Parker. He's, he's so great. Um, okay, so how does Spider-Man hold up against other superheroes? Because this is where the question really comes in. Yeah. Whenever you say, is he the greatest superhero of all time, you have to take into consideration the other superheroes who have, you know, that same type of reputation. Yeah. Who's the first one that comes to your mind when you think of somebody that could rival Spider-Man? That's tough. Yeah. That's tough. Um, Because, like, when we say greatest still, it's not like, who would Spider-Man beat in a fight? Yeah. Because he could be a lot of them, to be honest. But he still is. He's not on that OP level of exactly. Superman. Superhuman like. strength. I, there's actually an article that I pulled up that kind of puts into perspective the strength of each um, superhero in the Marvel Universe. And it kind of tells you how much they can lift. And Spider-Man is in a category of 10 to 25 tons. So he can lift up to t- 10 to 25 tons. And That's this is, a lot. Yeah. So he, this is in range with uh, Captain Marvel, with Doc Whoa. Ogg, honestly, um, Enchantress, Man Beast, I don't really know who he is, um, Ursa Major, and then above him, Adam Warlock is in the 25 to, fi- to 50, so is Drax the Destroyer, Luke Cage. So, I mean, there's Luke a lot. Cage. Luke Cage hey. is in 25 to 50. Uh, 50 to 75 tons. Rhino, actually. Black Bolt. Hulk um, is in that range as well, which is surprisingly you think he'd be higher. And then, so yeah, there's just different ranges of it. So Spider-Man is not the strongest. No, he isn't. But one of the things is that Spider-Man is not only super strong, but the most agile person probably in the entire Marvel Universe. Yes. That's the thing that that gets him oh my gosh i just remembered the train scene from spider-man 2 yeah where he and doc ock are fighting and he throws him and you know that weird bridge that's above it yeah and he's like spinning in midair then he do like he straightens out goes through it and i remember it like and that's because of his spidey sense too because he can like he just sees everything in such a different way and he can just contort his body and do so many different things yeah but see that's the thing though with strength because it's like you can be strong and lift it, you know, you can bench yeah. press 300 pounds on a bar, but can you bench press 45 pounds with dumbbells? Yeah. And people, like, have a hard time. You do a lot less weight with dumbbells because you got to actually control it. Yeah. So you think about Spider-Man, his strength is, is much more than just that. He has so much control. Yeah, he has a ton of control, and he's just super smart in the way that he uses his body. But that's not what we're doing. We're not talking about strength necessarily, just yeah. talking about the greatest. Yeah, he's So the greatest, I want to put him up <laughs> against just a few superheroes. Okay, okay. Um, so this is going to be kind of super fight style and super kind of – um, a, uh, a teaser of things to come. We're going to start a versus series here in just a few weeks where we'll have a bracket of different characters and we will argue about who is the, be- the best. The winner will move on and there will be a, a victor within that. Well, we need to do our fantasy bracket before then too. <laughs> yeah, we do. Which the whole thing's a fantasy bracket, but still. Yeah. Um, so it won't be like just Marvel characters. It'll be, we'll, we'll really narrow it down. We're thinking, uh, I don't want to tell you what our number is. Spider-Man versus... Be. Darth Vader. Yeah, that'd be very interesting. Spider-Man. Darth Vader. No! <laughs> what? Darth Vader definitely would be Spider-Man. Not Are a chance. Are you serious? Are you serious? Yes, the like the most powerful Sith in the universe, besides the Emperor? Nah, sorry. Dude, I, force choke. Nah, I just Do you just really don't think Spider-Man it. could beat Darth Vader? Yeah, I do. I really don't. I genuinely do. All right, anyway, So this is what you're looking forward about. to with our not versus we're series. About. Okay, we're going to be uh, putting... Okay, first one. Okay. Spider-Man versus Captain America. Cap. Well, that just <laughs> finishes everything. I think Captain America is the greatest superhero of all time. No. Oh, but really? Just that they, they would... If you have a fist fight with nothing around, Cap's beating him. Okay, not fist fight. We're not actually fighting. What are we doing? Who's the greatest superhero? Oh, I thought we were doing fights. You just said super fight, so... Yeah. Who's the greatest between Cap and Spider-Man? This is looking at everything. Yes, looking at everything. I mean, Spider-Man. Okay. Yeah. He wanted so? to fight, though, Cap. <laughs> and I, 
within the past 10 years, Cap has made a huge resurgence because of the MCU. But before then, everybody would say Spider-Man. I don't think Captain America would come close. No. no. I think Chris Evans has done a great job of... This is like like public opinion. Like, who's your favorite? Yes. Kind of thing. Yeah, definitely Spider-Man. Even still, I think. Spider-Man versus Superman. (laughs) Spider-Man. Why? (laughs) Because we talked about this a little bit earlier today. We've been talking about it all day because this is a massive topic. It really is, yeah. But Superman is such a yuppie. Like... You're from Kansas, the most boring place on planet Earth, and you have all these perfect abilities. Your hair's always perfect. You're not even from this planet, first off. I don't know. Yeah. I don't really enjoy Superman at all. I I, I, I liked what they did with Man of Steel. Um, It was not perfect by any means, but, like, the starts, the beginnings there of um, Superman and just him as, like, an actual character and not... Clark Kent is a dorky guy with glasses, and wow, and Superman's just perfect, and he goes flies and saves cats out of trees while he's stopping earthquakes with his bare hands. Like It, it was actually good how they did Man of Steel, but yeah. yeah. I, I think Spider-Man, a lot of people would say Superman is their favorite hero just because they don't know a lot of superheroes, honestly. Like, Boring. That's just who people will revert back to because he is the original superhero, right? Yeah. Here's the big one. Yeah. Spider-Man versus Batman. I have a problem with this one, though. Why? Because because people are looking at just movies. That's the problem. That's the main problem. P- I think we were talking with, we were talking with our we pastor, talking with Brandon, Brandon, earlier, yeah. and he the first thing he did was he started talking about The Dark Knight. Which, okay, what's better, The Dark Knight or any spider... Hold on. What's better, The Dark Knight or any superhero movie that's ever been made, The Dark Knight? Yes. Like... So that's just not even fair. It's not. <laughs> this it's just a completely different category. Yeah, we're if you're talking about superhero movies, yes, Dark Knight's going to be the best just because it's one of the greatest movies ever made, hands down. But whenever you're talking about the character, there's so much more than just the Dark Knight. You have 80 years of this character, Batman, who is one of the most renowned as best heroes. Mm-hmm. Um. And why do you think people love Batman so much? Um, oof. Okay, here's the, here's my theory, that especially with like recent stuff, Batman has always had problems in his life. Yes. Like he's always been plagued by problems, but he's never gone as far as like the Punisher. Yeah. You know, like because it seems like an equation in in comic books and in characters as a whole. Like if you have a lot of stuff in your past, you're all of a sudden going to turn out either a perfect shining hero or an absolutely terrible person. And there's not much in the middle of the ground, which is not realistic. So he's more of a realistic character in that way. Yeah. He wants to do good things. He's still haunted by his And you've past. read some, I think your favorite comic book series of all time comes from Batman. Um, I, uh, yeah, some of the new 52 that they've done um, with Batman and just kind of like, a, you know, they have to restart origins all the time anyway. But What's the one that you love, though? Is it the Dark Knight? The no, I don't even know. It's been so long. I don't remember the name of it right now. If if you said it, if it I shows said how it, much we read comics. If I said it, you'd know exactly what I'm talking about. We'll find it. But anyway, yeah, Batman comics on the whole are are probably some of the best, um, just because they they're dark, but they're also it's Batman. I mean, he's just awesome. He is, but I yeah. think I still think Spider Man edges him out, in my opinion. I. J- and that's a personal opinion because I think people are going to relate with Batman as well and think that he is just so dark, so brooding, such a good character written all around. Mm-hmm. But I just personally enjoy Spider-Man better. And I think, it, for me, it comes down to the humor that Spider-Man brings. I love that aspect of a superhero. Not breaking the fourth wall quite like Deadpool does, but just enjoying what he is doing, making the best of every single moment, laughing while he's doing it, making fun of the villains, and then just being such a good Neighborhood Spider-Man, and that's what it comes down to for Spider-Man. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I love Spider-Man. He is probably the great, best superhero of all time. Yeah, I'd say that. Um, yeah. Who would come in second for you? Probably Batman, honestly. Yeah. Um, so I, we did ask earlier on our Culture Talk Instagram, we said if Spider-Man isn't the greatest superhero of all time, then who is? So I want to read some of our, our responses. Um, Batman clearly... Your wife. No, that was my brother-in-law. Close enough. Close. Thor. 
Harry why, Potter. Why would people pick Thor? He's never he's had gr- a good comic run or like. It's Chris Hemsworth's good, pretty pretty man. He's a good looking guy. Yeah, this is com- from a girl. Um, Jesus. Amen. Bible man. Amen. The Powerpuff Girls. Powerpuff Girls. What? You said that, didn't you? No, this was actually a response we got. Uh, I thought you responded to. <laughs> um, Mary Pfeiffer Parker was one of the responses. Who's that? I don't know. And <laughs> Night Monkey. I don't know. I have no clue who Night Monkey <laughs> is. I have no idea. And then we did get a Superman in the middle of all that. Really? Yeah. Somebody actually said Superman. Superman. And this person said that they are a Marvel fan. And they picked Superman. See, and that's why I inherently disagree with our questioning. Because why? greatest superhero of all time, my mind automatically goes to, okay, who would win in a fight? Okay. Superman's going to win. 100%. Sorry. Like, not even close either. It's just not fair. Should I have said who's your favorite superhero of all time? Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. But there's still a 50-50 split. I think it's pretty solid saying that Spider-Man, 50% would say that Spider-Man is the greatest, though. So, Cody, we've we've been going around it. Is Spider-Man the greatest hero of all time for you? I guess. You guess? (laughs) I guess. I don't know. The more we've been talking about it, more I'm like, man, I really like some of these other ones, though. Uh, It's Spider-Man for me. Okay. I'll give it yeah for now. I'll change my for mind now, tomorrow. We'll, next week, is Batman the greatest superhero of all time? <laughs> <laughs> That'll be the question we're going to be answering. By the way, it was, Batman Year One um, has been a pretty recent one. There's some really good Batman comics, though, just looking. I don't know why I cannot remember. I think it is just The Legend of the Dark Knight or yeah. Dark Knight that were Frank Miller, I believe, Yes. Um, comics. Uh, those are graphic novels. Yes. Um, but they are fantastic and just beautiful, too. Yeah. So. Um, so that will lead us to our very last question that we always hit before we leave you. Cody? Tyler? What's your binging? Well, I was actually ready for this question this week. I know. You actually wrote something down. I this know. Is a pretty big deal. This might be the first time in 15 weeks. I know. Has it been 15 weeks? We're on episode number 15. Yes. 15 no, it weeks. hasn't been 15 weeks, though, because last week... This Thursday will be 15 weeks. We're recording on a Tuesday. You're right. Yeah. Oh. Man, we've been doing this since, I think, March. Wow. Week in and week out. Not they missing grow up so fast. They do. Okay. Um, anyway, yeah, so what I've been binging is a podcast recently called Slow Burn. Yes. All right. It is kind of like an investigative-ish podcast, but it talks about um, mainly presidents. Um, there's only two seasons. So one of them is about Bill Clinton and the Monica Lewinsky scandal. And it really ooh. does into that. What did you I say? Said, ooh. Yeah, no kidding. Um, and then the second one, I'm assuming it's about Nixon. Yes. In some way, it's about Nixon. Um, so, or no, that's season one. Season one is about Nixon. Season two is about Bill Clinton. And I'm finishing up season two. Nice. And I found it on Monday. Nice. Yeah, so... So you're going through them. Yeah, there are eight episodes, and I'm on number seven. When do you listen to your podcasts? Uh, in the car, and then a lot of times at work, like, you know, I just have to do paperwork sometimes for an hour you or two. You just have it kind of sitting so on I'll pop on my headphones. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, do that. I, I'll listen to them when I'm driving and I'm doing, when I'm doing yard work. There's not a lot yeah. of other times that I really have them on. Odd, this is an odd thing. When I'm doing yard work, I listen to an audio book. Okay. What audio book you been looking? you been listening through? Anything? I'm almost finished with The Expanse, Expanse book Five, yeah, yeah, book five. What you been watching on TV? You've been a lot of podcasts and books and stuff. Like, do y'all have anything you're watching, dude? I'm telling you, really, not a lot. We've been watching The Office, like we're on season nine. But other than that, uh, take that back. Ooh, this is an actual true recommendation. Okay, Big Little Lies. Okay, it's on HBO. So this is like once again, if you're still got the HBO hangover after (laughs) Game of Thrones, well, it's a yawn. Either watch Chernobyl. Actually, watch Chernobyl first, okay. and then watch Big Little Lies. Okay, it's it's all like all just about women and in a beautiful place in California. So Sarah wanted to watch it naturally. It's actually really good though. Yeah, oh, is this my turn? Yeah, to ask you? hey Tyler. Yes, Cody. What are you binging, guys? I promise by episode thirty we're gonna have that down where Cody just asks without thinking. It's gonna in be fifteen more weeks. We'll be there. Uh, still going through Friends, of course. Yeah. Um it's gonna be our our binge for a while going to be starting the binge of Stranger Things in just a few days. Nice. Um, and also binging The Bachelorette. No. I know, man. We've drank the Kool-Aid. Yeah. It's mm. it's the worst. It really is the worst. But it's so entertaining because it's drama, but it's not my drama. I've never met 
I'm not going to mention this person's name, but I've never met anybody until today who genuinely said, yeah, I like The Bachelor, or yeah, The Bachelor or Bachelorette is like a really great person until today. Wow. I know. Yeah. And I saw somebody on, well, no, not who you're, no. Okay. I saw somebody on Facebook that was like, Hannah, that's her yeah. name, right? Is like a really, really sweet person. I was going to say person. she is in Hannah when I was talking. Oh, yeah. I, I have no clue who you're talking about. But somebody on Facebook was like, yeah, Hannah's like a really great person, and it's really true Man. and like honest and all that she says. She brings like, a really bad rap to Christians. I'm going to say that much. Yeah, we don't have to dive into it too much because it's pretty apparent. You judge a tree by the fruit it bears. Oh, uh, it's, it's, man. It's just... It's entertaining, though. I mean, that's the that's thing. true. That's about it. But it's sad that our culture train wrecks are entertaining. Train wrecks are very entertaining, and that's all that show is. Is <laughs> it one big train it wreck? Is. But the biggest thing, I find, I finished a video game again. Whoa! I know. Remember how I started? Thrawn? You finished Sekiro? <laughs> Heck no! I've not played that game. I can't remember. It. Sam and Shelton said it a different way. Now Sekiro, Sekiro, Sekiro. I don't know. That sounds more correct. But I'm not sure. But when I text you, I said I'm done with this game. Yeah, I've not played it since. <laughs> but I remember when I started Thrawn before Judah was born? Yeah. I also started Far Cry Five before Judah was born. And guess when I finished Far Cry Five? <laughs> this week. <laughs> Sunday night. Oh boy. Elizabeth Elizabeth was out of town. We had a whitewater rafting trip, so we took Judah down to Dothan to see some family. So I was home alone. I got home at I think six or seven that night. And I played Far Cry 5 until 1 a.m. I have not had a video game binge, and it, man, it felt so good. Yeah. I was exhausted, but it was, I was, there's some scary moments in it. It's weird. It's a really weird game. You played a little bit of Far Cry 5. I, I, put, I put 10 hours okay. in it. Yeah. I got a feel for it, and I said, no. And you you remember the, the gist of the story, right? It's like Weird Place in Montana. It's actually like that Netflix show that I don't remember the name of right now. Wild Wild County. I haven't seen it. Oh my gosh! But you got to watch okay. that because it is just like Far Cry Five. I'm so enamored by the story. Legitimately, it's about a cult called Eden's Gate, led by Joseph Seed and his two brothers and one sister. This is fictional, by the way. Yes, it is. Faith yeah. Jacob and John. They're in Hope County, Montana, which is a fictional uh, place. And you, and you go in there, and you're trying to arrest Joseph Seed because he's taking scripture out of context and is preparing for the end times and like saying all these prophecies are going to come true if they arrest him and take him out. So uh, they kind of capture you, and you have to liberate this county, right? Yeah. So you get through. You, you kill all his, his two brothers and his sister, right? You get to him, and you have you have two choices. Mm-hmm. You can either walk away because you get scared, like, okay, this is legit, or... You can take him with you. So the first option, I, I watched the video afterwards. If you walk away from him, you drive away in a car, and then this drug that you have taken comes over you, and the people you're driving with, you kill them, and you go and you join the cult. Bad ending number one. Good ending, air quotes. You go and you arrest Joseph Seed, right? As soon as you arrest him, nukes drop. Like Joseph Seed has been prophesying, and the whole world goes into this nuclear wasteland. He's been like talking about the end times, and then yeah, you go I remember that. and you arrest him, and it happens. It's the it blows your mind, and, and the game's over, and you get stuck in a bunker with Joseph Seed for seventeen years. Game over. That's an interesting way to end the game. Yeah, Far, and then Far Cry New Dawn just came out, and it plays off of it. And really, yeah. It's like you're back in Hope County, but it's 17 years after the events of this. So you let him out of the cellar. But you're not playing as that character. You actually come into contact with Joseph Seed later, and he's actually one of your allies. What? Dude, it's the weird. I know those of you who don't care about video games, I'm so sorry. That was a very long tangent. It's a weird story, though. It's a, I'm very interested in it. And Ubisoft actually did a Inside Eden's Gate short film that's about 30 minutes long that's on YouTube that was live action. So Whoa. it's really, dude. I'm, I'm into it. That's cool, though. It is really cool. Also, want to point out, it is not Wild Wild County. It's Wild Wild Country. Okay. I don't know why I it, thought it was on there. Netflix. Okay, yeah, it's on Netflix, and it's, it's oddly, it's not similar because it's not like nuclear disaster in yeah. times kind of thing. But yeah. it was this guy in the seventies, eighties, something like that, who had a massive cult, and literally, they just pretty much took over a county, um, in Oregon. Okay. And. Uh, the Rajna, Rajneesh Purim, Rajneesh okay. Purim uh, 
community. Okay. And they were like, oh, yeah, peace, love, happiness, joy, all that stuff. And then they actually built, like, an entire city pretty much out of nothing. It was so crazy. And then a lot of people didn't like it, split them up. The documentary does a really good job of, like, riding the middle line of, like, they shouldn't have been there. But at the same time, what did they even do? But then they're also freaks and weirdos. But not really. There are a lot of normal people. Yeah. Like, so it's Those types definitely of stories really, they're very enamoring. If you start watching it now, you will finish it tonight. Really? Like, it, it sucks. Wild, you wild country. In, right? Wild, wild country. You okay. need to watch it. You need to jump back on Far Cry 5. I can borrow it now, right? Yeah. Did you have the disc? Yeah. Oh, sweet. That would actually be Legit, awesome. Legit, if you want to borrow it, I would love for you to play it. I'm sure it saved my progress. It's just like, I get so bored with the, like, oh, kill this boss, and then you have the next boss you got to kill, and then you kill the next boss, and then it finally leads the back to the middle. missions are good. The, the random stuff that happens whenever you're, like, You'll be driving through the, the countryside, and then all of a sudden, a guy with a flamethrower will come out and light a bear on fire, and that bear will attack you, and you'll be on fire, and you'll die. Just, like, random things happen throughout the countryside. I don't want to play that game. That's terrible. That's fine. I, I meant to say this in our books podcast. We're way off topic now. Yes. But I meant to say this in our books podcast, and I think it's very true now. The older I've gotten, the more I realize I don't have a ton of time just to sit around and do stuff. Yes. So if I'm playing a game that I do not enjoy... Reading a book I don't care for, and in the past 50 pages it hasn't grabbed my attention. Done like, with it. I'm done with it. I ain't got time for that. And that's advice to live by from Cody. Amen. That's what <laughs> happens when you get older and You have life married, and you have job have and, kids. and wife and stuff. It's and crazy. Yards to mow. Yeah. And trash to take out. And Man. I've got to actually head home now to cook dinner for you for and your us. wife. Yes, can't wait. What are we having for dinner? Uh, hopefully, we're going to have chicken fajitas. Dude. I marinated some chicken earlier. We'll see what happens. I'm pumped. Hope it's still good. I Let's go so we can eat. Yeah, I'm starving. <laughs> That's all the time we have for you this week on the Culture Shock Podcast. We'll see you next week. Bye. Bye.